We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, Sunshine. I'm Alexi Lalas, and welcome to the State of the Union podcast presented by State Farm. We come to you, as we have for the last oh, month or so, here from uh, Doha, Qatar at our Fox Sports set as we continue on with the World Cup. Uh, before we get to the soccer, I just wanted to mention once again, uh, obviously the news of Grant Wall uh, and his death has hit us all hard here at the World Cup as it has hit around the world for all of his friends um, and the soccer world, especially the American soccer world. And I know you'll join me in continuing to send our condolences and our love to him and his family. And I think Rob Stone did a wonderful job throughout the day coalescing and expressing all of our sorrow and sadness at this loss of a true great when it comes to American soccer. Joining me today is uh, my good friend David Mossy and a special guest, Landon Donovan. Um, yeah, a difficult, uh, a difficult day with regards uh, to the news to Grant Wall. I know a friend, obviously a colleague uh, of all of ours for a number of years, and as I said, just a huge, huge loss. And he would have loved the games of soccer that we had today, and he would have screamed and yelled. I know we all at different times have argued and debated things on and off the soccer uh, field with him, and he loved a good argument, and he made incredible points. And I think the craziness that we continue to see at this World Cup uh, would have been something that he would have uh, loved to see. So we're going to get into the soccer. Obviously, two games uh, today and two, again, crazy, nutty games when it comes to uh, the World Cup. First off, because it's fresh, we just came over from our set over there, France and England. France goes through. Um, just in and of itself, France beating England isn't necessarily a surprise, but I will tell you that they got away with one, as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to France. And good teams find a way, even when they're not playing great uh, or even well, to get the result, and that's what France did. I still think that they're a better team, but on the day, I thought England ultimately had the most chances. Uh, I'll let my friend uh, David Mossy start here because uh, he's been cooped up inside, working very, very hard, and a lot of the stuff that you see and uh, and hear is coming from David Mossy. So, initial thoughts on this game? 
I agree with you. I think uh, Griezmann has done a commendable job functioning as a third midfielder, but this was the game where you really felt like France were outnumbered in the midfield because England had three genuine guys in Henderson, Rice, and Bellingham, while France had Chouamini, Rabiot, and then Griezmann, who's a quasi-midfielder. And so I thought England was able to control the game for that reason and, and created more of the chances throughout and have to consider themselves very unlucky. This was a real missed opportunity for England, for sure. Landon? Yeah, well, just first, just real quick to touch on the Grant thing because sure. he was, I knew him most of my adult life. Um, I First and foremost, to Dr. Celine Gounder, his wife, um, our love to you and the rest of Grant Wall's family. And then we have all spent our lives trying to build this sport, mm -hmm. much like Grant did. And so he will be sorely missed. And no easy transition to soccer from that. But this game was fun to watch. It was exciting. There was a lot in it. This French team, a bit of an anomaly today because they were not good, Alexi. Let's be honest. Yep. They were not good. And Mossy just said it. They got bossed in the midfield. But they have something about them. And what they had today that England didn't have is they had two guys step up who were not the star players in Chouamene and, and then Giroud. And those two made the difference. And it wasn't pretty for them. But when you win a tournament over seven games, you have to have nights like this where you can win. I thought England were the better team, no question, but it doesn't always matter. Len, let me ask you a question about penalties, because you, over your course of your career, have taken a lot of them. You've made most of them. Every once in a while, you would miss, and sometimes miss in big, in big moments. There is a ceremony and a ritual. We saw that with Kane and the socks and all the different stuff that's going on. From the outside, when you're watching penalty kick takers, we know that what it ends up being 80% of the time the ball actually goes in the back of the net. But even in this tournament, we've seen where is it, is it just a situation where the nerves get to you in that moment that you miss? Is it just a good goalkeeper? And when you look at that where he skies it over, the second one, I mean, I don't think any of us would rather have anybody else in that moment from an England perspective step up and take that. But when he misses it, how, how fair is it to say, that he messed up as opposed to just, you know, the soccer gods not smiling on you in that moment. Well, as you always say, it's not a crapshoot. There's, no, there's not luck involved in that way. It's a mix of a lot of those things. So one, if you take a lot of penalties, there's so much info on you for opposing goalkeepers. Let's stack on top of that that Hugo Uris is his club teammate. Mm -hmm. So at the end of a training session, you know, once or twice a week, you'd always stay after and take a penalty or two against the goalkeeper. They've seen each other. I Bet you over the course of their career, hundreds of penalties they've taken against each other, right? And so there's this mind game psychology that plays into it. And then sometimes you just technically get it wrong. And in this case, I think Harry Kane in the second one knew that Yoris was probably going to go the same way again. And he wanted to just hit it hard and a little bit higher. And he got a little too cute with it in that way. And then the technique of it just didn't come off right. And he kind of overhit it a little bit. And then it goes awry. Masi, you said that you weren't necessarily impressed with this France team to the point where you worried about them possibly winning it, or it was just one of these moments where they just didn't look good? Because, you know, at, at times we were kind of skirting around it, calling it, well, some really interesting or difficult or, you know, not smart types of plays. I mean, at times they were doing dumb things in the back, whether it was the ridiculous fouls or some of the defending that was going on. And for a team that is defending their World Cup, and for a lot of people are picking them to continue on and win two in a row, something we haven't seen in a long time. This is concerning, these types of boneheaded types of plays, especially in the defense. Yeah, they're a team that lets you play. Um, they're, not, they're very talented. I wouldn't say they're solid. 
they've conceded in every game, so that is a concern moving forward. Um, you know, obviously when you have guys like Mbappe and Dembele and Griezmann and Giroud, uh, you feel like they can get you out of jail sometimes, but that's a, that's a dangerous game to play. I'm sure Didier Deschamps wouldn't have minded a couple of clean sheets along the way, which they haven't gotten. So, yeah, I mean, that, that is a little bit of a concern. I don't know if you feel the same way. Yeah, but some of these plays, like you just said it, like they were dumb. The late <laughs> penalty, like what are you doing? Right, Upa Makano in the first half a couple times was literally two or three inches from giving away a penalty, another penalty in the first half with his tackle on Harry Kane. He gets rolled in the box by Harry Kane because he's over-eager. But these are not inexperienced players, right? Shuameni, you can a little bit of a caveat to with the penalties, young and a little inexperienced, but these are like big-time players who have played in big games, and they just made foolish mistakes. And at some point, you think if they keep doing that, it's going to be over, Musk. Yeah, the Teo Hernandez one on Mason Mount. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's like an NFL when a, when a defensive back uh, commits pass interference on a on a pass that was completely uncatchable that yeah. the receiver had no chance. You know, the that ball gets floated across. Mason Mount is not going to get on the end of that, so there was no need to knock him down like that. But uh, no, I agree with you. Now, let's not bury the lead here a little bit with France. It, it is impressive, given all the players they lost, that here they are in the semifinals sure. and, and yep. I think favored against Morocco and, and a very good chance to go to the final and defend their trophy there. They lose Benzema and Golo Kante, Pogba, Kimpembe and Kunku, um, probably a couple others I'm forgetting. I mean, it, it, it does speak to the incredible wealth of talent that they, they might still have the best squad sure. man for man in this tournament, even having lost. Sure, and they can absolutely go on and win the World Cup. Don't, don't get me wrong. As we kiss off um, England, no shame in the way that they played. No shame necessarily in the way they went out. It's obviously not coming home. And I think they will feel that they left something on the table and that this was maybe the best possible chance that they had ultimately at, uh, at, win at winning it. But... Gareth Southgate, I think, is certainly has done enough. If they want to continue on, and it's kind of it's not the exact same thing, but there is an element of Greg Berhalter. And do you want to continue on that cycle with this group of players, or is it run its cycle? And they've been very, very successful uh, ultimately. And as much as I enjoy needling the English and that English team, even I have to step back and say. This was a good performance, and they go out with their heads held high. Not that there's moral victories when it's England and they're trying to win a World Cup, but still. Uh, one last thing on England for me. Kyle Walker did as good a job yep. on Mbappe as mm -hmm. you can do. I mean, that was sort of the playbook for other defenders to study and how to stop him. And Didier Deschamps moves on to the semis. This is my favorite uh, trivia question I've been throwing around. Nobody seems to know this. <laughs> uh -oh. uh, one manager in history has won two World Cups. You know who it is? Has won two World Cups. You mean as a player and manager? No, 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 no. As, as a, a manager. manager. Just in general. So has continued on. Uh, I don't know who. Vittorio Pozzo with Italy in 1934 and 1938. Didier Deschamps is trying to become I mean, the how second. How we not know that? There's He's already one of three to Vittorio win it as player Pozzo. and coach, along with Mari Zagal and Franz Beckenbauer. the most mossy thing ever. Oh, my thing God, ever. whatever. Yeah. All right, can we go on to the next game? We can. All right, let's go on to the next <laughs> game. We, 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 spend, we, we go forward, or we go back, I guess, to Morocco and Portugal. Yeah. All right? This was, I guess, what now is we have to consider a classic Moroccan performance. This is who they are. We, we've known it since the start. They're very, very difficult to break down. They don't give two craps about possession. As a matter of fact, they not only give you the ball, but 
it's part of their game plan to then, when they do find ways to get it back, they are the most efficient team when it comes to what they do. And they find the goal, uh, and ultimately it came. Then they defended really, really well. They stifled a Portugal team that we all thought kind of had turned this corner with uh, the benching of Ronaldo and all of the talent that they have. And at what point do we say, look, this is, this is not just on a wonderful streak of luck. This is just a really, really good team that understands that defense wins championships and potentially can win World Cups, and they just keep doing the exact same thing. Whether everybody knows about it, it doesn't matter because it ultimately is successful, and today it was successful against a Portuguese team. Yeah, Lex, they, as an old NFL coach, Denny Green, said one time in a press conference, they are who we thought they were, right? and they've been this way for game after game after game in this tournament, the three games previously that Regregri was part of building this team into this tournament. He's only been there, what, eight games now? Yep, Seven, eight correct. games? Yeah. Um, I saw them play live the other day against Spain, and then you watch them today, it is exactly the same. And it doesn't, I mean, you could pull any player off that bench and put that player in, and he does the same exact job, and they know exactly what they're about. They have an identity that is true. You might not like watching it all the time. I might not like watching it all the time from a purist soccer standpoint. But, damn, they are hard to play against. One goal conceded in the tournament, an own goal. That's it. And they don't give up a lot of chances any, anyway. And when they do, Bono bails them out. And that's it. That's, that's been their story. Another trivia question. This one you might get. Okay. Was I alive at least for this yes. one? Yes. Morocco, right. unbeaten in 10 games. Who is the last team to beat them? Was it in qualifying? It was a friendly. I know this because I remember. Did they play Uruguay? Uh, where were they from? What continent? The only the greatest country <laughs> in the world landed Donovan. Well, this, <laughs> the know. U.S. Damn Correct. right. Oh, I forgot we played. That's right. That's right. In the so, window. Wow. If you, that's if right. You, if you so do the math we and should, then carry the so one. So we're better than Morocco. <laughs> Hello. We're basically in the semifinal the, of the world. By the so laws the of syllogism. Exactly. Beat them. All right. Um, <laughs> oh, very good, Moss. I, I will say, I, I do think Morocco are sort of filling the host nation void at this World Cup. Yep. Yeah, Qatar was gone point. before we knew them. The first host nation ever to not gain a single point. And, but Morocco, they have such a big fan presence that doesn't it kind of feel like that energy that a host nation usually gives yeah, off when they go on a run like this? 100%. Um, and, and, yeah, I agree with you guys. The, the defense has been the linchpin. I know guys like Ziyech and, and Nezri has chipped in here and there. But, I mean, it, the bedrock of it all has been conceding only one goal in five games. The fact that they've shut out Belgium, Spain, Portugal, really impressive. Uh, Bunu in goal has been excellent. Sice. Amrabat. So to me, those have been the real standouts. The guys that. But Lex, what's around. the story now on Portugal? I mean, how do you assess this Portuguese team now? And I mean, they underachieved given the talent that they have. Yeah. You know, I, you know, the the Cristiano part of the equation is always going to be, you know, part of this uh, part of this story. Uh, you know, our, our our friend Gonzo was a one and I don't know if he's one and done because I do think he's he's going to be around going forward in the future, but relative to the last game, and maybe it's not fair when you go out and score a hat-trick, but still you expected a little bit more from him kind of taking over that position. And then, you know, Cristiano waiting in the wings. It was, it was interesting. We were, do, we were at the uh, set, and Landon was giving the over-under on when Fernando Santos was going to make a change after halftime. And usually it's traditionally around that 60th minute. And he waited, what, five minutes yeah. and, autom and said, this is not working, we got to put him in. And it didn't really change the game a whole lot. You know, Cristiano had that one chance, but... They were coming up against a team that defensively didn't matter who you ultimately put in there. They uh, they shut uh, they shut them down. So, I mean, 
I think that this team is going to continue to be good, but now I think we have to see them in tournaments where Cristiano isn't there and therefore isn't, it's a, it's a harsh word, but a distraction. No, also. it is. I mean, and you can't help it. And look, I'll, I'll use the analogy, and it's not at the same level, but the analogy is kind of similar. When David Beckham was in L.A., mm -hmm. right, he was a top player, made us better in almost every way. But it is, there is a weight there. And every time Portugal come out of the tunnel, off the bus, it's all about Cristiano. All, and it's not his fault. Oh. Right. I mean, it's just that's the reality. And that is a weight that that weighs on these young men. And you have to think going forward when he's not there, they will probably look like a different team. You're going to be as uh, bullish about this Portuguese team going forward, maybe even more so without Cristiano. Because still, yeah, I'm still enamored of the pieces they have, but the whole just never seemed to add up to the sum of yeah, the parts. But well you think about Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, Rafael Leão, João Felix. Uh, Gonzalo Ramos. It's, 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 I mean, it's so many guys, but I don't know. Aside from that Switzerland game, they, they, they never really looked that convincing to me. Um, but now you guys had a bit of a disagreement on air. Uh, one of you said you feel sorry for Cristiano Ronaldo, and the other one doesn't. Uh, do we want to revisit that conversation? Yeah, here? I mean, maybe we can revisit it. I, I, I do think that you know, dumping on Cristiano Ronaldo, and there's a lot of people that do. And and to be to be fair. He invites some of this on himself with the persona that he has, the things that, he, that he's done. And look, he is the architect of his situation, certainly over the last couple of months with what has happened with Manchester United. You know, not necessarily with the, with the national team, but this is kind of to be expected. And I do think, I mean, there were people that, you know, we have hundreds of people that watch the game outside our set here. And Cristiano Ronaldo would come on, on camera and people would boo. Cristiano <laughs> would, went on the field and people would boo. And he, you know, he's your, he's your huckleberry, right? He, he will be that villain. He will wear that black hat. And I think it was just coming from, listen, this is a guy that has done a whole lot. And I know, Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? I, I, I get all that. But it just seemed like a little cruel and unusual, the 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 dumping on him of uh, of some out there. But he's and used to it. Like, he's, he's used to it. Yeah, he's used to it. <clears throat> he's used to that. And actually, I mean, watching him cry coming out the tunnel or going back into the tunnel, I did feel bad for him. And there's this realization, I think, that happens. And it happens at different stages of everyone's career, sometimes at the end, sometimes earlier, if you're lucky, where you flip a switch and you go, I've scored the goals, made the money, the fame, whatever. I just want to win. Yeah. And I feel like with him, it came a little too late. It was, it was like, you know, I want to play. I want to be starting. I'm not happy. On it. Versus like, do you want to win? If you really want to win, can you commit to it? And I felt like he kind of did in this match. But then all of a sudden, it's over. And yeah. then, actually, then I felt bad for him. Anything, Mossy, before we... Uh... If it's any solace, uh, he did earn cap 196. So he equaled <laughs> Kuwait's Bader Al-Mutawa for the uh, men's <laughs> world record. <laughs> hey, drink if you had Bader Al-Duala on your uh, bingo card here for, uh, for the State of the Union. <laughs> before we go, I, I just also have to say, that, uh, Yusuf Al-Nazri, who ultimately scored the goal, that dude got up. Uh, he got up in the air. Insane. Having said that, as a goalkeeper, you should never be out-jumped by anybody on the team, regardless of the height. You get, to you get to use your hands. You get to jump. You're protected like a Fabergé egg by the referees. But 
Congratulations to him on getting this goal. Congratulations to Morocco. 1-0. They go through. Portugal goes home with Cristiano Ronaldo. All right. Let's spin it forward to the semis. Let's preview Argentina versus Croatia first. How they got there. Argentina in the group stage. Let's, let's remember this because it's important. It's, all, it's kind of the pathway to where we find them right now. They lost that opening game to Saudi Arabia. I was like, oh, no, what's going on? Came mm -hmm. back, beat Mexico, beat Poland. Then around a 16, they beat Ar uh, Australia. And then in the quarterfinals, the 2-2 win, 2-2 uh, uh, result with the Netherlands, and they go on and win and penalties. And that's how they find themselves here. Croatia in the group stage, they draw with Morocco, they uh, beat Canada, and they draw uh, with Belgium, round of 16. Again, another draw with Japan, and they win in penalties, which is what they do. And then in the quarterfinals, 1-1 with the great Brazil, and go on to win in penalties. All right, Landon, how do you see this matchup playing out? Argentina-Croatia. I think it'll be... Pretty straightforward. Argentina, all the ball, comfortable in possession, trying to find ways to create chances. Croatia, what they were so good at, so good at in the quarterfinal is they didn't have the ball for a long time. They defended well against Brazil, but the crucial piece for them, crucial piece, we called the game Ian and I, every time the ball turned over and Croatia won it, deep in their defensive end, they made one pass, two passes, Three good passes, got out of pressure, stepped on the ball, rolled it back, and kept the ball for a while. And ultimately, if you're going to defend a Neymar and Rafinha and Richarlison for long stretch, the less opportunities they have in 90 minutes to score and make plays, the better for you. And they did such a good job of that. I expect the exact same against Argentina. They're calm. They're naive. They roll it into Luka Modric. If he's got too much pressure, he puts his body in front of someone, gets a foul, they pass the ball for a while, calm the, the game down, and then eventually they are ruthless. When they get a chance, bang, it's in the back of the net, and that's how they win, Moss. And you guys both said on TV that you lean Croatia in this game. Yeah. I yeah. think so. Yeah, yeah. What about I think you? So. so you think we're headed for a France-Croatia final again? Because I'm well, I assume could be you're Morocco-Croatia. Yeah, how friend. dare you? How dare you? Well, if it's, if it's Croatia-Morocco, we might be covering it from LA. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, shame, look, I mean, these two teams, and, and I said it on air today. They, they are, they're dirty, and that's not that's not a pejorative. That that is actually a good. They're, they are dirty dogs, and and our, I've I've come to this with Argentina recently. I've always known Croatia was, mm -hmm. and. I, I want to be, if I have a bar fight, I, I want them on my side. But it's, you know, it's kind of like these two gangs getting together and which one is dirtier and which ones are the dirtier dogs when it comes to these two. Even Messi, who you know, we, we put on a pedestal, uh, you know, sh has showed that dirtiness and that willingness where he will cut you. And both of these teams, I have absolutely no doubt, will without hesitation, they will cut you. And that ruthlessness, I think, runs through both of these teams. So ultimately, it's going to come down to who do you think is dirtier and more ruthless? And, and I just think that it's, that it's Croatia, ultimately. You don't think so? Well, it's become, hold on, before you get there, it's become more and more rare in modern soccer yep. that teams are like that. I think it's a, a globalization thing. So many of these guys play together, know each other, play against each other. So there's not that, like, edge all the time. But those two, you're right, Lex, they absolutely have it. It's going to be fun to watch. I lean Argentina. They're my pick to win this tournament. I think they have a destiny thing going right now. Uh, I will say, if this game goes to penalties, this might be the <laughs> one instance where Croatia don't have a clear advantage because Emiliano Martinez is phenomenal as well. So between him and Lee Bakovic, we, we might have a head. scoreless penalty shootout. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, it could happen. All right. Uh, before we move on to preview the uh, the other game, uh, it's time for our assist of the week. And it is one that we've all been talking about. Oh, Messi to Molina for the first goal against the Netherlands. It is our assist of the week presented Messi, by Messi, State Messi, Farm. Messi, 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 I mean, Messi, this Messi. was incredible. Argentina needed a whole lot more from Messi during extra time in the penalties, but the pass to get this thing going against the Netherlands was mwah, chef's kiss. Absolutely superb the way he found Molina. Not necessarily a goal scorer and just puts it on his, I guess, his pinky toe and ultimately to, to create the space, to create the separation, not even looking. And then just this pass was wonderful in the 35th minute. And uh, I think a lot of people saw this as a magic moment and certainly I think qualifies for our assist of the week presented by State Farm. All right, let's move on to Morocco versus France. How they got here, again, Morocco, group stage, Croatia, a draw, uh, two to one win over Belgium, two to, uh, uh, sorry, two nothing win over Belgium, two to one win over Canada, round of 16, we remember that 0-0 game, and then three nothing in penalties, and then in the quarterfinals, a one nothing win over Portugal, which we just talked about. France, group stage, they win against Australia, they win against Denmark, they lose against Tunisia, but they played a completely uh, a B team, as, as teams do. Round of 16, three to one win over Poland, and then the quarterfinals, that we just saw today, England uh, beating England 2-1. Two, two, uh, Landon, how do you see this one uh, shaping out, Morocco and France? I mean, again, it's going to be a carbon copy probably of the other game, France. Although France are kind of happy, like Masi said, sometimes to just not have the ball a lot. and count. They are going to have the ball. Morocco don't even want the ball. Morocco <laughs> get the ball. They just kick it down the field like, and say, no, 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 we don't want it. Anything more than 25% possession, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they've done something yeah, wrong. You, you take it. And, and that being said, though, the goal they scored tonight, build out of the back. I mean, they do, you talk about dogs and being dirty, like they have Efficient. a bit of that too, and they got some nasty to them, and they are savvy too. And if they can and have the ball a bit, they'll do it in a smart way. They're not sending numbers forward and bombing forward. They won't. But it's going to be one of these games where can France create enough quality chances to get the breakthrough? And if not, at some point with that French back line, Morocco are going to find a way to break them. And I think Clint said it best. Whoever scores first in this game wins the game. I totally agree with that. France score first. Morocco have to come out of their shell. They have to. They have no choice. And then they open up, and then they're not the same Morocco. Morocco score first. You think Jose Mourinho is bad? They are parking 70 <laughs> buses full of Moroccan fans that are here at the World Cup, right. and they ain't letting you in. Uh, I think this is the end of the line for Morocco. France move on. I think we're headed for a France-Argentina dream final. Mbappe Ooh. versus Messi. From your lips to the soccer gods' ears and uh -huh. to the you know Fox sports ears. What do you ears. think, Lex? <sighs> you know, I said that it, it's going to be. Uh, I'm going back and forth between the Croatian and the Argentina game, but I, I do think that France takes care of Morocco. I think, and like I said, if they get one, they get three because I think that it just it. it it all breaks down. And if and when that moment happens where, I mean, let's be honest, when somebody other than themselves score on them, they're all going to look around and say, well, yeah, that's we not do supposed now? to happen. What do we do now? Right. And I think that they don't have any, uh, any plan B. And plan A has been wonderful. If they're able to ride plan A again all the way to the final, well done. But I, I think that France is, uh, is too much. And I don't even think that France, that, that they are being... The, the, the England game will have been the biggest test that France has in terms of putting pressure on them. I think they're going to have plenty of the ball, and I think that, you know, too sweet with a, a cigarette and a, and a coffee and a baguette. We saw the guy eating, and a, the, eating the bag, and a croissant there, the guy eating the baguette in the stands today. Uh, anything, Mossy, on this uh, before we go? 
Has uh, Landon officially replaced Stu Holden as the David Brenner of this podcast that he just go-to guest? Well, listen, I mean, the, the peek behind the curtain here. So we do shows all the way through the night. Many of you keep track and watch it, and we love that you watch all of it. But it means that there is some downtime in between shows. And I'm not just going to let the guy sit over in the green room and, you know, twiddle his thumbs or anything like that. I'm I get gonna bored, put him to work. Marcy. I get bored. I'm going to put him to work. No, I'd, I'd love it. He wants uh, me to earn that paycheck, man. Stu, Stu has not stopped by, although he did, he did crash our show. He well, crashed but he's, not, he's gotten kind of big time. Right. You know, yeah, he's doing the semis, exactly. the finals. He's, you know, he's kind of, you know. He's got. Uh, we he's, expected it. Maybe not this soon, but we expected the it. The oddest one was John Strong, who just, one, one night we were doing the show, he just stood there while we were doing it. It was a little creepy, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I like love John Strong. It was like your. your Disappointed grandpa watching. Right, you. he was just yeah. kind of looking it, around, and, yeah. and, and then he, he just kind of wandered off. And he well, was, well, I think well, he like heard like enough on the side. Kaiser yeah, Sose I'm, or something I'm, like I'm that. I'm heading to the party. Right. Like, <laughs> these losers. I'm oh, that's right. He was too. he was heading off to the party. Yeah. Uh, speaking of a party, we, we have the next couple of days off, um, and uh, we have we have some parties uh, to attend, and parties that are celebrating all of the men and women that we've been talking to all World Cup that are working their asses off in front of the yeah. camera, but many many more behind the camera, including some that we. Uh, have here today so we're going to make sure that we celebrate them uh and we will be back uh we will see you after the argentina versus croatia match uh but until then and as always this has been the state of the union podcast i'm alexi that's landon this is uh, david mossy we are going to show you every goal of the day from morocco england and france as we say goodbye. And we'd like to thank Steak Farm as always for presenting the State of the Union podcast. Until then, and as always, my friends, hug your friends, hug your family, tell them that you love them. Uh, we love you out there. We miss you. And thank you, Grant Wall, for everything that you have done for this sport on and off the field. And we love you very, very much. Size the day, my friends. <laughs>